Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota, Gulf Coast Business Supply, and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View, the show that celebrates the men and women who are making Coast of Mississippi such an amazing place to live, work, and play. Hey, we've got a great show today. I have Keith Wilson who is a, um, a, a journalist here in coastal Mississippi, working on a lot of important local news items. We're going to tell his story and just have a general conversation with him. And then Joanne Cup from the Pink Heart Fund is going to join me in the second half, and we're going to talk about an upcoming event and her passion, which is terrific. What a great story she has to tell. Hey, but before I do that, I just wanted to share something with you. If, you, uh, if you've paid attention over the last couple of weeks, I had a great conversation with Joe Max Higgins, who's head of economic development for the Golden Triangle up in uh, northeast Mississippi. And one of the things that he talked about is the perception of Mississippi. When he deals with companies outside Mississippi, the perception of Mississippi is often one of the most significant challenges. One of the, th- one of the points that he made was this, that uh, if you can get them to visit here, He's got a real opportunity, but if they don't visit here, he he calls it getting cut at the desktop. You know that's really frustrating because you know there's we have an added burden for whatever reason we have an added burden to have to overcome a lot of myths. So look, Mississippi's had challenges like every other state in the nation, but in a lot of ways we've dealt with our challenges and we've hit it hit them head on. And as a result, one of the things that makes us such a special place are, is the people who live here. So what happens when people visit from the outside, the very first thing that they notice is that the people of Mississippi are kind and hospitable and amazing and smart and nothing like the myth that they have in their mind before they get here. But we, we have to work on that. Then, then Ashley Edwards from the Coast Business Council and Joe Max and I talked about it again. Um, I had a great conversation with Melissa Cookston yesterday, the barbecue champion from Mississippi that's been on Netflix. and. Uh, you know, she says that she doesn't feel the added burden when she goes away, but she, you know, she dares people to talk bad about her state. I think all of us should feel more like that, that we should, we should protect our state a lot more. This brings me to this point. I was doing a search on YouTube the other day, and I, and I recreated that search again today. Just went to YouTube, and I put Mississippi in. Well, what came up today was a little bit more than what came up yesterday because, as you probably have heard, uh, the Supreme Court's going to hear the abortion case from Mississippi, and there are three news items related to that. Then the next item, let me I'm going to flip over here real quick and just just share the, the, those there are those three items, and then there's a story that says this: top ten reasons not to move to Mississippi. Top ten reasons not to move to Mississippi. Um, and one of the, it says here it said they the poverty leading state, they have a lot of swamps. Well, I listened to that video. And it makes me mad. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> Every now and then I'm going to get a little worked up. But the truth is, we have a lot of work to do. And, uh, you know, there's another item there, the top five cities not to live in in Mississippi. But on this particular one, it starts out this way. Let's not talk about the state. Let's talk about the state that most people want to give away to another country, Mississippi. That's the way this video starts. It says not many people want to relocate to Mississippi, but you should think about it. Uh, if you're going to, here are 10 reasons not to move to Mississippi. Talks about natural disasters and what is, you know, talks about heat waves and tornadoes and, and hurricanes. I mean, we all, every state's got challenges like that, but then it says moonshine explosions. I'm like, what in the world? Education is one of our challenges. We've made tremendous strides in education. Beaches. 
Listen to what it said about our beaches. No waves, ton of bacteria, and oil spill that never got cleaned up. We'd be safer to swim in a stagnant pond where people dispose of old shoes. I could go on. But that video is up there, and it's been viewed 283,000 times. And it's one of the first things you see when you do a search on YouTube. And it's so wrong about us. And I'm going to be talking more about this perception and what we can do about it. I've, I've actually reached out to some friends about putting together a video that says, how did we get here, Mississippi? How did we get to a place where people perceive one thing of us, but when they come here, they see the very different thing. And that is that the people of Mississippi are incredible. They are resilient. And they have in their DNA to be amazing people. Unbelievable. They're also incredibly uh, thankful people. I want to share with you uh, a video segment from something Jim Cantori did. This is a question that he asked at a speech that he was giving. And uh, I'll turn to this video. Let's listen to this quick clip, and then we'll talk on the other side. Can you share some observations about communities that have rallied and come together and rebuild after storms? Absolutely. Mississippi. That's where I was. Gulfport, Mississippi. And here we go with Katrina again, and for all intents and purposes, Katrina missed New Orleans. New Orleans was not a natural disaster. Katrina was a man-made disaster on several levels. But all the attention is there. It's where the cameras are. It's where a lot of the media is. It's where the people are crying for help for days on end. But Mississippi took the brunt of the hurricane. I mean, there, is, there wasn't a mile that I traveled west of, of Biloxi that did not be completely changed forever. Not, not a single foot of, of real estate. Old antebellum plantations uh, or, or homes used to stand right beside casinos. No longer. And having covered that storm uh, in the field, I had to figure out some way to actually to, to, to tell these people what was about to happen. Because I woke up Sunday morning, 24 hours before the storm, and I had the sickest feeling in my stomach. Because sometimes you just know. Sometimes you just know that it's not going to be a good result with a storm like this. Either way, um, Mississippi thanks so many people because... Katrina really was the, what, I, what I would consider the, 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 the volunteer age coming of age. I mean, a lot of people you know, would always give money uh, to the Red Cross and the Salvation Army, and rightly so, during natural disasters. But I had so many phone calls from people, Jim, you know what, I don't just want to give money out. What can I do? I, I, have all this, uh, you know, I have all this food. I have all this clothing. I have these building materials. I want to come down. I want to help. So that was really the beginning of, of this huge volunteerism and, and, and humanity effort by, by people not just wanting to give money. And since then, it's been kind of amazing because um, FEMA and the Red Cross and the Salvation Army, who uh, you know I'm always proud to associate with, now kind of come together. It's like, look, we're not just going to have this scattered effort. We're going to come together and, and, and take on the needs that they have and, and actually assign people and get people's volunteerism into these needs. So it's, it's going to be a much more organized structure the next time we have, God forbid, a disaster like Ike or, or Katrina. But that's what's happened really uh, since Katrina. I think it's amazing. And when I talked to the mayor of Biloxi, uh, A.J. Halloway, he, he told me, he goes, you know, Jim, I, I, I got to tell you, if it was not for the volunteers, we would not be as far along as we are today because Mississippi really was the forgotten coast amongst the Katrina issue when New Orleans got so much attention. I, I played that because it, it speaks to 
Um, not only is Mississippi the forgotten coast, but it's sort of the forgotten state. <laughs> we we don't get our due. We don't get our appreciation for what we've learned during these very challenging times throughout our history. One of the reasons why after the pandemic, Mississippi was able to bounce back so quickly because we are an unbelievably resilient state. And people, the volunteers that came here and people who come here in general, they fall in love with this place. And we've got to do, we've got to do a better job of, um, of not accepting a, a, something that could pop up on YouTube as the number one uh, search choice that you get when you do a, a search on Mississippi. Let's turn now to, uh, to my friend. Uh, I've been following Keith, uh, Keith Wilson for some time. He's a multimedia journalist. He's a small business owner. He's really dedicated to, to uh, local news here in coastal Mississippi. And uh, I just want to welcome you to the show, Keith. I've been looking forward to this conversation. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Good to see you, Ricky. It's good to see you, too. So you heard what I said at the beginning of the show. I'm sorry for getting, I get irritated about stuff like that because I want Coast View to be about positive. We, we've told over 500, had over 500 conversations with people pushing such an amazing message, telling the story, what's in the heart and soul of Mississippians. And then you, you, you know, you pull up YouTube and you see 10 reasons not to move to Mississippi and, and they get it all wrong. It just drives me insane. You know, I totally agree. And during the pandemic, I want to say that I came across something similar to what you were just, you know, talking about. And I find it interesting that we're bringing this up because uh, uh, obviously on a podcast, you never know what we're going to talk about. And I actually have a notebook here um, that has a poem that I wrote. Uh, the date was August 8th of last year. And I just want to read this to you really quickly because this totally relates. Let's do let's do this, Keith. I want to make sure that we. I don't want to cut that off in the middle because we're yeah, coming that, back into the segment. But this is Keith Will, uh, Wilson. He's a multimedia journalist. Uh, you can follow him on Facebook. We'll talk a lot more about his effort. Hashtag your local news. Uh, he's got. Uh, he's really interested, specifically in Biloxi, Diarville, St. Martin, Ocean Springs. But he does cover events beyond that. And uh, when we get when we come back after the break, we'll continue the conversation about the perception of Mississippi and this survey that he was just about to to give us more about. So when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Keith Wilson. Coast View on Super Talk 103.1 is brought to you by J. Allen Toyota on I-10 Exit 38 Gulfport. See all the incredible inventory at allentoyota.com. And remember, when you think Toyota, think J. Allen Toyota. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We're having a conversation with Keith Wilson. We're talking about, he's a, he's a multimedia journalist here in Coastal Mississippi. We're talking about sort of the perception of Mississippi. I said survey, he actually said poem, a poem he wrote about a year ago. We're going to talk about that. And then we're going to shift gears and talk about why he's so passionate about covering local news in Coastal Mississippi. But go ahead and start. I'm, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I didn't want to stop it in the middle. No problem, Ricky. Um, so what I was saying was this, uh, you know, there was something that came up that was similar, like we were talking about, about the perception. And 
back in August, I wrote this poem just randomly. I have a notebook that I just put, you know, journal notes and things like that in. But I just want to read this to you really quickly. It's why I live in coastal Mississippi. It's the forever sunsets and uh, sunrises and sunsets. It's the white sandy toes each uh, walk on the beach. It's the reason behind never saying there is nothing to do. It's the love affair with bottlenosed mammals, scaly American reptiles, birds who want to mock, and ripe blooming flowers in friendship trees. It's more about how we open our doors than how we close them. It's about oil used in frying our fish, shrimp, hush puppies, and potato nuts, and chicken fried chicken. It's about the heat and humidity. Oh, how we complain. It's trying to kayak Riverside or into the murky uh, sound. It's Mardi Gras and festivals that pass a good time from kings and queens to bowls of red beans. It's why I live in coastal Mississippi. And so, I mean, there you go. There's a hundred million reasons why we live in this community, why we support this community, why we give back to it. And to see a few items like that, you just talk to a local and they're going to tell you the truth in a way that's going to make you want to be a part of our community. You know, what's interesting is um, I have a way of just wanting to come back to the people. When I see the top 10 reasons not to, to move the Mississippi and it says the terrible things it says about us, um, you know, I want to go punch the guy in the nose. That's not my that's not my <laughs> that's not my style, by the way. But I always want to come back to the people. And this thing that I started to write about it, and I'm going to, I'm going to really, I'm going to commit this to sort of a video at some point. But the, the first line was this, how, do, how did we get here, Mississippi? A place where what's in our heart and souls is our greatest asset, but too often seen by too many as our greatest detriment. You know, that's something that we're, you know, uh, uh, Joe Max talked about it, that, you know, we're, we represent something that they see in their head, and when they come here, they don't see that at all. Um, it's uh, it's a shame, but we've got work to do, and I think we can. If you know, we got to keep continuing to get people worked up about it, and uh, have everyone who represents us when they lead the state to to you know, do the best impression of uh, their their um, their their love of this place as they possibly can, so that people can we can continually work together to dispel myths. It's gonna work. It's gonna take all of us working together. Hey man, every state's got challenges. Okay, that's right. But what I believe is in the heart and soul of the majority of Mississippians is an amazing thing, and I get to share it here on Coast View. And I know you share the same <laughs> thing. You you agree completely, don't you? Totally. And uh, like you said. <clears throat> People who, you know, come here, they may have a bad experience. They are going to have more experiences than they even realize. Of course, we're human. You know, you, you, you have experiences that affect you uh, that, that either make you not want to be somewhere or you have experiences that make you want to constantly be there. And as you know, just just in general, you, you, I mean, you can say what you want, but then you've always got the people who are going to back up their own people yeah. to make people yeah. want to be a part of a community. There's no doubt about it. So tell me, give me a, so your kind of short story of how you got into journalism to begin with. 
Well, back in high school, um, I was a volunteer explorer for WLOX's um, Explore program and uh, just did that for about four years through college all the way up. Um, went to USM to uh, major in broadcast journalism and uh, ended up doing two internships, one at the Hattiesburg TV station, sister station of WLOX. Um, and then, uh, I, well, obviously I was an intern there as, as well. And after Katrina, you know, I was I was planning to go into something completely different for grad school. I ended up starting actually at Southern Miss again, um, doing higher education student affairs. And I, that's because I was super, super involved on campus. I was a community leader in so many things. And um, <clears throat> after Katrina hit, we were here in Latimer. That's where I'm at right now. And uh, for people who don't know, Latimer is an unincorporated part of West Jackson County. Uh, just north of the St. Martin unincorporated community of West Jackson County. And so we were here during the hurricane, watched our my dad's brand new fence blow away and things like that. And so we didn't get the brunt of the storm, but to see what people who I worked with experience at the TV station, I knew I had to be involved somehow. So that's basically where my start in journalism really came. Um, I went down to the TV station about two days after, and I, I, I know y'all are across the street uh, at the Sun-Herald, but um, I didn't have any ties to the Sun-Herald at the time, so I went where I knew best. And uh, a few people that are still there today at the TV station could totally vouch for this. I walked in and told them, I said, I'm coming, I'm here to help, put me to work. And I did that for about two and a half weeks until somebody from the, the corporate office was like, we need to hire him. <laughs> and so I worked actually at the TV station for about five months after that and uh, did it part time, answering telephone calls and uh, just giving people words of advice before we sent them directly to the newsroom. It was overwhelming when I tell you, and I know you probably know this too, hundreds of calls a day hundreds or weeks. Um, by the time I left in January of 06 to go to Ole Miss for grad school, um, it, it just, it affected my life. And I knew, wow, you know, I'll be going to grad school for something completely different, but I will never forget this experience. <coughs> and um, so I don't know where you want to go with that, but here I am today. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you've, you've gone through several iterations, but at the, at the core of what you believe in is this, the strength of local news. And I've, I feel yeah. the same way, incidentally, that, I mean, I've dedicated a lot of part of my career helping to understand how newspapers that were fading could have a digital existence and, and a, a viable business model to, in order to really truly sure. stand the test of time through these, this digital age. But, um, but you've always had at your core an understanding that local news is really important because I believe that without local news that we can't keep democracy viable because, you know, most politics are local. You know that. What's your thoughts about the importance of local news? Well, okay. So let me just give you a little extra background here. I worked for a weekly newspaper that no longer exists, the Biloxi D'Iberville Press. It was around for 45 years. Um, it, it, 
some people <laughs> wanted to compare us with the uh, the Sun Herald being a regional newspaper. Totally two different worlds. Uh, we were we were based off of the advertising locally. Um, in our two cities. And um, I also wrote a little bit for the Ocean Springs Record, which was around for years as well, long, way longer than the Biloxi D'Iberville Press. And so that's, that's where the local news came into my life. Uh, first of all, I did not ever expect to work for a newspaper. I used to be totally against them. And I know that probably breaks your heart to hear that. But I mean, I, I just didn't want to do the long form journalism is what we call it. Uh, and, and broadcast journalism, it's short, it's snappy, it's quick, it's get to the point. Um, but long form journalism, you, you get to tell the whole story. And so I got to do that with the Biloxi D'Iberville Press. And I started out just being a a, a a little guy there and moved my way up to being the main journalist. And it was an honor to do that for like about three years. Uh, became highly known through the Mississippi Press Association with all, all kinds of awards. I've covered tourism, casinos, uh, Biloxi City government, the Iberville government, things like that. And then features and other stories that people wouldn't think about. Those are the ones that matter most to our community. And so that's where my joy for continuing, even though the paper no longer exists, I do this, <clears throat> excuse me, I do this digitally through my Facebook page uh, without a paycheck. <laughs> and I, I'm literally doing this so people can get news just as quickly. Yeah. It, it inspires me. And, um, and you know, I follow you closely. I, I read your stories. I learned things about what's going on in the community that I would otherwise not know if you weren't posting it. And you do a good job of aggregating, too. <clears throat> it may not even be a story that you develop, but it's an important event that's coming up, and you, you'll make sure that's shared as well. But I follow a lot of people. I read a bunch of different publications online. I read for hours every single morning, and you're just part of my reading habit. So. Listen, well, I, I, we're out of time, Keith, but look, we're going to come back in a few weeks and just continue the conversation. I, I want to get, we'll get specific to what are some of the top news items that you're covering these days. When we come back, we have Joanne Cup from the Pink Heart Fund. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. A Supertalk Mississippi media production.